Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, April 1st. Ramadan Mubarak to those observing. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Today, a historic release from the U.S. Oil Reserve. Plus, how a word game is bringing families closer together. But first, food banks are feeling the squeeze. That's today's one big thing. Inflation is now at 7.9%. That's of February, our most recent data, but we know it's been causing financial hardship for millions of American families for months. In the first two weeks of March, 20% of adults living in households with children said they did not have enough to eat. That's according to the Census Household Pulse Survey. In early February, that number was just at 13%. And as more families struggle to pay for weekly groceries, many are turning to food banks for help. But because of those same rising costs, it's getting harder for food banks to get the staples they need to feed those who need it most. And people who are better off are less likely to donate right now. We asked Axios reporters in three cities to share what things look like there. In Minnesota, Axios Twin Cities reporter Tori Van Oot talked to the food pantry Second Harvest Heartland. They distribute more than 100 million pounds of food a year in Minnesota and western Wisconsin. Their costs are up 9% since last year. At the same time, donations are down, including when it comes to more expensive items like meat and peanut butter. They actually haven't received a meat donation in months at this point. And smaller organizations are struggling too. Uh, The director of basic needs at CAPI, which is a nonprofit that provides aid to immigrant and refugee communities here in the Twin Cities, said he's having trouble sourcing rice and some other kind of culturally specific staples for the community he serves because of higher prices and supply chain issues. At the same time, the volume of visits to CAPI's food pantry is about twice what it was before the pandemic still. Demand for food banks is only expected to rise. Americans are moving on from the pandemic with many COVID restrictions gone. But that also means pandemic-era relief programs have expired, leaving many without the extra cash they relied on during the pandemic. In Iowa, for example, boosted SNAP benefits expired yesterday, cutting at least $95 a month for about 150,000 households. Axios Des Moines reporter Jason Clayworth has been talking to food pantries that are bracing for a rise in demand. It's putting extra strain on family finances, but it's also straining the organizations that are helping them. A five-ounce can of chicken, which is a standard item purchased by the Des Moines Metro's food pantry network, It's nearly doubled since March of 2019 to $1.05 a can. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're helping tens of thousands of families a year, it has a huge effect and could narrow the amount of emergency food assistance being offered. This hunger crisis has led some activists to come up with creative solutions. Access Philadelphia reporter Taylor Allen spoke to a group of three food activists who just reopened their restaurant with a focus on food affordability. The Golden Dragon um, in West Philly, um, it was already a takeout restaurant, but three food activists have since taken it over. 
and have made a concerted effort to make sure that none of their food that they serve costs more than $10. Something you'll hear all the time is that Philadelphia is the poorest, largest big city. One in five people are at or below the poverty line. So they teamed up with a local urban farm. It's called True Love Seeds and also a distribution food network called West Philly Bunny Hop. So they're really just tapping into their existing food networks that already have a focus on food affordability. And that's how they're making this work. The Golden Dragon is also planning on launching a food pantry inside the restaurant. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has said it expects to spend about $2 billion on supporting the country's emergency food programs. But many groups worry that won't be enough to address record high gas prices, a strained supply chain, and rising inflation. Thanks to Axios local reporters Tori Van Oot, Jason Clayworth, and Taylor Allen. In a moment, we're back with headlines from the war in Ukraine. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. To catch you up quick on the war in Ukraine and its worldwide impact, here are three things we're watching going into the weekend. President Biden has ordered a historic release from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's 180 million barrels of oil to reduce high prices at the pump. The Energy Department says a million barrels will be released each day for six months. The Treasury Department has placed new sanctions on Russian technology companies. The sanctions affect a wide swath of the Russian economy, including aerospace, marine, and electronic parts. And despite Russian statements that troops would pull out of Kyiv, they're not. They're regrouping. Here's what NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said on Thursday. Russia has repeatedly lied about its intentions. So we can only judge Russia on its actions not on its words. Russia and Ukraine negotiators resume talks via video link today. We told you back in January when Wordle, the popular daily word game that was developed during the pandemic by Josh Wordle, was sold to The New York Times. Well, the game's viral popularity continues. And last week, Wordle revealed some of the history of the game and why he thinks it's become such a phenomenon. Stephen Totillo, gaming reporter at Axios, is here. Stephen, what did we learn from Josh Wordle about Wordle? We learned that this was, first of all, a longer time coming than I think a lot of people thought. Some people may know part of the story behind the game, which is that he made this not expecting to have a viral hit, not trying to sell to anybody and make a lot of money, but he made this game for his partner. He wanted there to be a game that she could play, something they could bond over. Turns out he made the first prototype in 2013 with a way harder word list, I should mention. Okay, so I looked at some of these words. They are hard. Well, are you saying you don't say mozed a lot in a sentence? You don't use yeah. yurna? Y-R-N-E-H. He basically used, I think, a list of all possible five-letter words in the English language. And then what he did 
was he said that there was a phase where his partner was kind of bummed out. She wanted kind of an easy thing to play. So he took that same word list. He fed it into an app and all she had to do, it would spit out a word at random and she would just rank it as I know the word or I don't know the word. And that work that she did there, that created the word list that now everybody's playing when they play Wordle. So it's words his partner knew. And that's why we know most of those words as well, because they're relatively common words. Why do you think this has been so successful? Well, Josh Wardle himself had a really interesting insight. He felt like people are kind of yearning for a connection these days in society. So we're super connected with everything we can do digitally, but we still, for some reason, feel a lack of connection. And what he began to notice was that people who played Wordle were connecting with people in ways they didn't expect to. He shared the story of a family divided by politics. Uh, Somebody saying, my mom has gone into like QAnon conspiracies. I can't speak to her about any of that. And yet we can talk every day and bond over Wordle and what we're doing there. He said he felt it created a kind of a safe space and a safe way to communicate. Wordle gave people a way to check in on their loved ones without necessarily having to say something like, I love you to them. It's just a way to let somebody know that you're thinking about them. Hey, how'd you do in Wordle today? A safe way to bond in a digital landscape where so many connections can be really treacherous. As we've sort of seen this renaissance in other online word games like the New York Times Spelling Bee, do you think there's a trend here or is it too soon to say? Word games have been popular from before there were video games, right, with Scrabble. And there's something appealing to them. Words with Friends had its moment as well. And it's still very popular. But from time to time, a word game breaks through. What I think they serve in our lives, there's something universal about playing games and feeling the satisfaction of engaging with a rule set that cooperates with you. So much of life is unfair. So much of life, you do the thing you think you need to do to get ahead or to succeed or just continue, and then it falls apart in some way. Our children don't listen to us. We thought we paid the right amount of taxes, and then we find out we we were behind. We go to the gym to get stronger or healthier, and somehow we get injured anyway. Games provide us the logic and clarity of progression, of simplicity, You see that word game, be it spelling bee or wordle or whatever else, and you know you just got to follow those rules and you'll figure it out as long as the word isn't yorps. Now we're going to be looking up all of these words. Steven Totillo is a co-author of Excuses Gaming Newsletter. Thanks, Steven. Thanks so much. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is produced by Alexandra Boti, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Sabina Singani, and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineer is Alex Sugiyara. Julia Redpath is our executive producer, and Sarah Kehilani-Goo is our editor-in-chief. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here on Monday.